Hey guys, we're in the 60s again this week. Slightly different plot, though. That's right, we're talking hair of the film. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. I wore my hair down today. You remember? I remembered. <laughs> and I'm, I know it's like, I'm doing legitimately a dance from the film. From the film. It is very true. Um, I feel a little bit terrible because this song makes me think of Four Year Old Virgin, not of hair. <laughs> because the ending to Four Year Old Virgin when they sing this song in the credits is the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> hey, everybody. We are here. It is the end of May. It is Broadway Breakdown. It's Hair the Film. I'm your host, Brianna Phipps. You can find me at bphipps14 on Twitter and Instagram, bphipps1214 on Snapchat. And I am here with the lovely Jackie. One, two, three, Jackie B on all platforms. <laughs> I love this version of the song. No, I mean, the soundtrack I is great. Love it. I love it. I love the lady I don't who think- sings it. I love the crazy weird dancing <laughs> with it. It's like... It's a very, it's a different way of coming into a film. Yeah, and it's just sad to me that the film itself didn't hold up to this intro because this intro jazzed me up so much. I was like, so cool, the music's good, everybody's having a blast, and they're dancing. I mean, the actors may have had a blast making this film. I'm sure they did. Who are we to judge that? Yeah, I'm sure they did. (laughs) I just don't have a blast watching (laughs) it. Um, but I do, I do think this intro, like to me, if they would have kept up this kind of like the vibe, vibe that's in the intro, like it, it would have helped for the entire. Let's film. talk about some of the differences between the theater show and the film. So, main thing for me, this is the dawning <laughs> of Claude. This is why I don't sing. Claude, the leader of the hippie tribe in the show, yeah, is now like an Oklahoma now, drafty. Yeah, he's okay. An, well, he's he was an, a drafty in the show, but like, in, but he was a drafty in the show, but he was a hippie. In right. this one, he's a very straight laced. We'd call, I, he's square. like from America's heartland kind of guy. Yeah, he's, he's from Oklahoma. He's coming to New York City to join the military. And then he, like, runs into this group of hippies and is like, hey, I'm going to hang out with them. Right. I mean, I guess the I can understand where wanting to impose a plot on um, this show for a film makes yes. sense. I mean, we've Because talked- you wouldn't want to sit through half of this film without knowing what's going on. You wouldn't... You're- attention wouldn't be held as long as in the the theater show. And we've talked about this before where like you have to make certain changes from stage to film and sometimes they make sense sometimes they don't make sense in this case it's like they were trying to they were trying to blend so much having a plot and then keep in certain things from the original that it was too weird. Here's my thing. If you're going to introduce this straight list guy why take the leader and make him like that why why not just introduce a whole new character that wasn't in the show right you completely changed the essence of what the character was in the show i mean you don't have him like naked half naked on stage in the beginning yeah it and then instead of him we get burger who's supposed to be like the sidekick kind of to claude in the show and he's like not i'm trying to think of the right words he's not as like thoughtful as Claude, like he's just kind of fully out of it, and is like an like a dick to his 
kind of girlfriend who's in love with him, but yeah. she's also with other guys, like, because it's the hippie lifestyle. And then we lose that character completely because you made Burger Claude. Right. Right. I think Ragni and uh, Rado, they they said they didn't like this interpretation, which I can understand because the reason they said they didn't like it was because it makes the hippies look just like complete jerks or idiots mm-hmm. or like Whereas freaks. in the show, you get some that are jerks and then you get some that are idiots and then you get some that are great people. Like you have, it's like normal life. <laughs> yeah, it's a spectrum. It's not just like, why are these people homeless like in the park being weird? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, it's like, I understand that you're trying to adapt something that was a very very theatrical like avant-garde experience into a play but if you do that it's a i i part of me says okay you can't try and keep some of the you can't try and keep like some of the avant-garde stuff and then some of the storyline because you do have these scenes where um he's like burning the draft card with the black with the Mm -hmm. black screen in the background plus like they kind of got rid of the whole essence of the play which is that you had this guy who believes in all of this stuff believes in free love and no war and you know down with the government but then like decides that he needs to do what's right that he can't just ignore this draft in his mind what's right so he goes to war and in this one it's like this guy who's always wanted to go to war and goes and the hippies go and like go to war for him him. like kidnap him and drag him out of his training camp that he signed up for and wanted to do and Burger takes his place, and then the plan goes terribly wrong, and he ends up going to war against his will. And then he guy. dies. And he dies. That, I didn't... I and didn't, I was just like, you took out the entire essence of the fact that this was like a choice this one guy made. Right. Like, even though he was against it, he made this choice for whatever, you know, reason. It diminishes the choice he made. Yes. Yes. And I see where... It's also weird to me because in... Maybe not so much, like the revival's a little bit lighter in tone, but at least in the in the original, this whole ending piece where he he decides to go to war, it becomes very dark. Mm-hmm. And it's weird here because you have this comic like like switcheroo and they make it seem so comic. The whole like the everything that leads up to the switcheroo is classic sitcom stuff. Yeah. And so the hippies driving down the highway singing um the the star good morning starshine like, yeah you expect you expect you're like okay they kind of like just took they made it seem like the hippies had no sense of like actual like feelings of any sort besides right. this whimsicalness right and so you have this this weird like sitcom switcheroo situation happen in the end and then and then he dies like abruptly and then they yeah, start it's, singing it's not even song. like a die it's like him going on the plane and then grave and yeah, like, oh. you were like, <laughs> okay, okay. That lead up did not. At least in the play, there's some sort of progression to this. And like, point, they never totally. say he dies in the play. Like you, you assume this, right? You assume it because because of them yelling his name and him staying next to them right. and them not being able to see him. Like so, but you could easily also just say he's still in Vietnam and is thinking of his friends and right whatnot. I mean, I think the tonal. I don't shift, think that you'd be right. The tonal <laughs> shift of this is so weird. It it would be like watching Will and Grace and seeing like you ha- at the end of the episode, Will just dies and then everybody's singing, and you're like, wait, <laughs> what? What just happened? And let's get into like Sheila, because okay, Sheila is in the play is Berger's girlfriend that sings this whole song of like, right. why do you have to be so hard? Like, why do you only care about those that you aren't close with? Like, you say have all these agendas. 
And she's this like really complex character in the play because she isn't also just with him, but she is just so in love with him. Yeah. But she's also with Claude. Like, you know, it she's this really complex character and she kind of becomes triangle. She's an outspoken feminist yes. too. And in this she just kind of became one dimensional. Like, yeah. She's like your typical prissy debutante. She's a high, yeah, she's she she becomes a debutante that diss that life but still can go back to it. And it I'm like, where did you come up with this? Like, why? I don't, yeah. Like, the debutante storyline. I, I kind of really hate the fact that in most film and television throughout the years, the only people that can be outspoken feminists are people that come from the high society world. Like, they do that a lot. Yeah. It's this whole, her whole, the change of her plot line was just really weird and I'm to not, me. And I'm not saying. And the fact that they crashed that party and people are, like, angry about them and want them to leave, but no one seems to be able to get them to leave. I'm like, come on. Come I, on. Also, I just want to, like, clarify that I'm not saying that people from high society can't be feminist and can't like join with that cause I'm just saying it gets portrayed a lot like those are the only people that are feminists right right the but children no, of like multiple high society dimension. people I just yeah. wanted to clarify that so I don't get attacked right. or no, you, yeah um and then we also have uh the musical focus is on the peace movement and in the and love and all this and I just, I don't get that from the film. No, the film seems to be the film seems to be truly like an an experience in like randomness. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm joining the military. Oh, look at those guys. They look interesting. I'm gonna there's go, a horse. I'm, I'm a go, horse wrangler. <laughs> Let me go, go hang wrangle out with this horse. Oh sure, I'll try drugs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now we're naked in a, in a lake. Oh, now we're doing some... Okay, I'm going to go join the army now. Oh, you guys it's don't funny, want me to? It's funny, okay. though, because of that that whole scene where, where they have, like, the drug experience in the park. That was the only, like, explainable moment where you're like, I can understand what's going on because it is explained away by the fact that everyone here is doing drugs, and this is the first time in this film I am understanding what is happening. Just going to say. No, it's true. Although it was hilarious. I mean, a lot that of the explanations... Some of the law of explanations in the show are the fact that you're like, well, they're on drugs. Right. Right. But it's understood in the show they're on that in t- the entire time. We don't have Claude really trying drugs until he's... Yeah, you brought this guy that's never done drugs and all of a sudden is doing all of these different kinds and like having all these experiences. Right. I get what they were trying to do. I just don't think that it came across in the way that they wanted it to. Right. Right. Let's talk about some of the soundtrack changes. So they got rid of The Bed, Dead End, Oh Great Power, I Believe in Love, Going Down, Air, My Conviction, Abby Baby, Frank Mills, and What a Piece of Work is Man, which at least three of those songs I was upset that they weren't in because I love I Believe in Love because mm-hmm. it's such the a great hippie anthem. Yeah, it is. Um, going Down because it's like the end of the first act. It's like this like change. It's like where you first start to feel the change in the show. Mm-hmm. And then What a Piece of Work is Man. Like, those, I think, are three great songs. Like, I I can understand getting rid of Air. Sure. And Frank Mills. Like, we don't need a song about a random girl that, like, had sex with a guy that she thought was... I think think film musicals do this a lot, though, because especially with something like Hair, where 
Um, the live musical is so dependent on the experience of the music, whereas when you're trying to take a, stick a narrative to something, sometimes you're like, oh, crap, like, where do I put this mm-hmm. in? Where do I put that in? And I, I know that films a lot of time, like, cut certain numbers to try and make explanations, but in this case, like, they cut a lot. Yeah, and you could have cut more of, like, some of the, like, more campy songs. You know, yeah. and kept some of those more powerful songs in there because in film, especially, like the campiness just becomes too unbearable. And the, some of the songs that they try to explain away <laughs> by like the random scenarios they've created, you're like, I don't, I don't I, like. This is a push to try and the Manchester, like the Manchester England England song. Yeah, it doesn't. They're work trying that well to like impose a meaning on it, and I'm like. Because they changed some of the lyrics for that one. Yeah. And it's like that, like that's one of the songs, like, and I love that song, but it could have not been in the film. It didn't fit in the film. Right. Not with what they were trying to do. They're just like me, and they just like the catchy tune, and they were like, let's try and impose something on it. We need to have Claude sing about himself. Right. We we need to have that happen. (laughs) Um, They also introduced a new song written by McDermott said, called Somebody to Love. I... It's whatever. It is whatever. It is whatever. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, me. The yeah. Oscar bait songs. I mean, it it got nominated for a Golden Globe, but I'm never a big fan of the Oscar bait songs. Sometimes Oscar bait songs, I do like it, but a major like majority, I would say no. But like, there are a few times it does work. But it's like if you're gonna write an Oscar bait, like actually write one that fits with the style and fits with the story. Right. Don't just like make a song and be like, we're just gonna put this song in there to have a new song. Boom done that's how i feel they do it a lot (laughs) i will say though um randomly that i love these costumes it was probably one of my favorite parts about the entire thing because the costumes felt and remember this is made in 1979 so they're a bit removed from the 60s and the costumes are still so authentic to the 60s which is something i really loved 79 yes yeah so it was i mean it wasn't that long it was 10 years after the show right and the 70s like still had I mean 79 you're obviously you're getting out of it but I mean the early 70s still had the hippie movement going and they had a lot of the same style yeah I love these costumes they were so authentic to me it was it was something I really enjoyed about it um and it's harder on stage because you're trying to make well in the original piece it was just people wearing their normal clothes Mm -hmm. and then in the (laughs) revival we're pretty sure they just showed up Uh, right and then in the revival you know you're trying to do these like stylized costumes that represent the Mm -hmm. 60s but this was something um really exciting to me because you could really you know see the detail and the effort that they put into these costumes um and going into what you talked about with the critical claim and stuff and as it goes, mostly what it seems like with me, whatever I tend to like, usually critics hate, and whatever I tend to be eh about, critics love. And as such, they seemed to actually love this yeah, film. Yeah, they did love this film. This is my question, I wonder. Do these film critics Were watch no... the show first? Yeah. Do they know what where it came from? And, and have it, these are they film critics it? ever seen another film? <laughs> Maybe this was the first film they had ever seen, and they were like, films are cool! I love films! That's the only explanation I can offer It's today. like, if the original, and this is the quote from the original people, that they were unhappy with the film ad- adaptation, saying it failed to capture the essence of hair, Yes, in that hippies were portrayed as oddballs and some sort of aberration without any connection to the peace movement, Right, and any resemblance between the 1979 film and the original 
Biltmore version, other than some of the songs, the names of the characters, and the common title eludes us. Well, it's like and you then have the this... critics love it. You have the them... creators yeah. don't. <laughs> like it doesn't seem to make much sense. No. The only one, I mean, there are some movies that I love that the creators didn't like, like Mary Poppins, but um, this was not one of them. But I do, I do agree with them in that, like the portrayal of the hippies in this film. A lot of them, you felt like, God, these guys are just like jerks. Yeah, and you, you have the guy like, who's like peeing in pub, burgers, like peeing. Yeah, in it's public like you're citing, and, instead of like trying to understand the hippies and trying to look at them through a different version, and like being like, okay, like while they maybe did some stuff that was disgusting, like, or they weren't like clean or whatever the whatever your persona of them was, you were able to kind of understand them and right at least like even if you didn't side with them you like you could see where they were coming from and this i was just like if that was my house like i would be pissed like what assholes just walking through here and this this is the problem this is what you do when you stick someone when you change claude to be not one of the hippies when you change him to an outsider mm-hmm. because he you then are experiencing the film like claude is experiencing and so you're it. feeling uncomfortable because right. you don't know because, because you, you like these happening. guys but you also think what they're doing is wrong and you're just kind of like uh, I don't know what to do. Right. This is why it would be better if you're going to if you're going to really straight stay true to that, you have Claude like as a hippie and therefore the audience member is experiencing it as the hippie. Now like you said it was nominated for some Golden Globes for best motion picture, musical or comedy. Um maybe that was and be- what Maybe that was the only one it was. That's the only I think it was only Best Musical Comedy. Yeah, so, and it didn't win. <laughs> I just, I mean, that's, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, it's... The only other thing I can say is that, in hindsight, it's interesting that this was made in 79, like, right on the border of the MTV era, mm. because I feel like... If this film had been made in like mid to late 80s, they would have just gone back to the original like format of hair and made it more of like a long musical experience because in the 80s, everyone was so ready and so ripe to see just like long ass musical numbers that are like flashy and fun and exciting to watch. Like you almost didn't need that narrative Mm -hmm. if you did it a few years later. Yeah, it's like you could and you could have rearranged some of the stuff so that more of the Vietnam stuff was happening within some of the silliness of the of like just the hippies being hippies. Right. Like you could have taken the second act and kind of woven it into the first act and it would have worked. Right. And you wouldn't have had that first half of your film just be complete nonsense. Yeah. Also, how do the other guys in the barracks not, like, mention, hey, this isn't the guy we trained with? You would know that. Like, he looks nothing like him. He's just able to cut his hair, put on the clothes. Right. And nobody says anything. Nobody's like, hey, hey, I didn't train with this guy. I don't want to go to war with this guy. on, On the grave, did it say his actual name? Or did it say Claude? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it said Burger. Yeah. yeah how'd they, so how did they know then? Yeah. <laughs> like, they just, just like, yeah. accept this guy as Claude. He dies. But then they're like... But then when they ID his body, they're like, oops, oops, wrong guy, wrong guy. And we know not his real name, but the name he uses. Yeah. To put on his grave. <laughs> Sorry. Con- continuity. That fun sitcom comedy. <laughs> I mean... I don't really have too much else to say about this show because it's just 
doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if you have anything you want to add. No, I'm sorry, you guys. Like, we tried. And we tried <laughs> we really tried. hard Gr- with this Fortunately, one. there is a lot of news this week with oh, Broadway. Oh, before we so do that- news, I do have a fun fact. The okay. guy who played Woof, um, I found out that he was he was a guitarist for Chicago. Not the original guitarist, but, like, later on in the late 70s, early 80s. He was a guitarist for Chicago. Oh, so I, I found that fascinating. I was like, oh, you go, woof. Yeah, I mean. His real name is uh, Donnie Dacus. Nice. So, yeah. Fun fact. Um, but like I said, we do have a lot of news this week. So oh, it yeah. kind of works out that we didn't have too yeah. much to say on There's this film. Tons of news. Um, because we can spend more time on the news this week. Yes. So, Mamma Mia. I thought of you. So Are you guys funny. not excited? Oh my god! No, I mean, thought Alexis? of Brie. Especially Brianna, aren't you just like just? Hey, just okay, I, will I say thought this. of Brie so much yes, when this here. was announced. I will say this: I did not hate Mamma Mia as a film. I did not like Pierce Brosnan. Correct. Only the, Pierce Brosnan. There was okay. There yes. was other flaws, but as a whole, I could deal with everybody else. I could not deal with him. There was a lot of bad singing, and it wasn't just Pierce Brosnan. I'm not saying there wasn't, but I could deal with it. I <laughs> you couldn't could deal with, with him. But yet we have... See, here's the thing. When I first read that news, I initially thought it was going to be a sequel to the original musical with the original cast. And I was like, yeah! And then I kept reading, and I was like, oh, no. You realize how, like, oh, no, 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 how no, no. old the original cast would be? Like, not all of them, but, like, some of them. Yeah, some of them, though, like, they're still young and spry. Yep. So I, I was super excited until then. I was like, oh, yes. this, now, this is, is a, a movie sequel with the, the film with the, with the film original cast. cast. Um, no, ma'am. So why it, do we do like we talk about this all the time? But it's like, why do you do this to people? Why not bring in the original Mamma Mia cast, some of whom are not that old and just have them play those roles or like take some of the cast that's too old and have them play other roles. Right. Anyway, just a thought. I was feeling super bitter about that because I wanted to see the original Mamma Mia cast and then when I kept reading I was let down because I was like, oh, this is a sequel to the film. At least Brianna will be mad with me. I'm just wondering what they're going to do. Because the show ends in such a way that I'm like, where are we going to go from here? Like, I guess like the birth of the children. Children? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, everyone comes back to the island. My child's spitting up again. It says, that the, it says that the film's going to feature a soundtrack full of Alice songs that were not in the film, or not in the first show slash film. Well, that does make sense, because ABBA does have so a lot of So at least they're going to stick with the ABBA. Right. Please let's not write Pierce Brosnan his own song this time. No. Can, can, can I get an okay from you, Universal? <laughs> can we get a just deal right here? If we're going to write someone a song, can we write someone else's song? Not Pierce Brosnan. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Pierce Brosnan. If it is Pierce Brosnan, can we hire someone to sing for him? It's gonna be like Three Men and a Baby, where where like the the dad dies and then like Pierce Brosnan and the two uncles have to like come in and take him. It's like Full House meets Three Men and a Baby. What happened to the dad? And then the dad leave. The 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 dad the the love interest in in my story dies, (laughs) and then Pierce Brosnan and two uncles come in and they help take care of the baby like Full House, and the mom is alone, and then Pierce Brosnan is seeing all the main (laughs) numbers because he's like the Bob Saget of the of the group. No, (laughs) just please no. Okay, this is my thing. Okay, at the end of the show, she winds up. If you if you haven't seen Mamma Mia, please turn off 
now because I'm going to give a spoiler. Right. Also, if you haven't seen Mamma Mia, go watch Mamma Mia. I mean, <laughs> go watch the real life musical, too. It's really good. Um, but so we end the, sh- the musical and in the movie and in the show with her with Sam. The other t- the one guy g- is gay. The other guy is with the one girl. The other um, the, the like milf woman is yeah. like kind of with the friend of the other guy. Yeah. And then Sophie and um, blanking on her husband, or not husband, they didn't get married, her guy's name, are going off to travel the world. So this is my thought. Is it going to, are we jumping? Are they coming back from their travels? I hope they do it on their travels. I would love to see that. Or is it like going to be like five minutes after the film and oh, boat capsized, can't leave. (laughs) Let's just get married it's again. It's a castaway story. Let's just redo the marriage and we'll just sing silly songs and have weird thoughts about whether we should get married or not again and sing about it. And I would like this as a castaway story. I would enjoy that. Everybody goes Mama out. Mamma mia, our boat capsized again. I mean, they're already on an island. They went to another island and they capsized. I don't know. I mean... Guys, if you liked Mamma Mia, I'm not trying to, like, shit on you guys at all. Like, you like Pierce Brosnan's voice. I don't know how to help you. I don't. <laughs> um, you're totally entitled to like it, and you're totally entitled to be excited about this. I'm just not, and I'll probably still go watch it. Yeah, I'll still go watch it. Hands down. Um, I will still go yeah, watch it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what... yeah, I'm not probably. I'm gonna go yeah. watch it. I'm gonna and go, that's, I'm gonna and go that to is, a that adult the... theater where they serve alcohol. <laughs> when I watch it. That is why they're making it. They're making it for the people that are like, fuck this. I'm still going to go see it. You know, <laughs> that's exactly who they're making it for. So, you know, I guess like I can complain all I want, but I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Hedwig's John Cameron Mitchell is going to be writing a new musical television series. I am so friggin' excited for that. I'm so excited. Um, I just... I'm so excited to hear more from him because yes. he songwriting wise, like I, could, I at least for me, I only know Hedwig. Like I know he's done other things like here and there, but I I only know Hedwig, so I'm just excited to see him take that like he you know like that what he did humor. with Hedwig yeah. and humor. And I'm interested to see what kind of style of music is going to be. Is it going to be rock still, or is it going to be something else? I'm just so um, excited. He he's- said. He's right. super talented. He is. And he said, right now I'm writing a musical television series, which is much more autobiographical. Um, I'd star and maybe co-direct. I'm also writing the songs. I can't say too much yet, but it's called Hominoculus. Humana, humana, I can't read that word. Oh. Hominoculus, I think is how you pronounce it. Homunculus? Maybe. There could be different versions. We'll find out when someone I'm not looking says, at it, it's so like, I can't help. It's like when I... It's right there. It's like when I read... I would say homunculus as well. It's like when I read uh, Harry Potter and I pronounced it Hermione Granger. And then the movie came out and they said Hermione. And I was like, oh. Well, that's fair (laughs) enough, though. But that's fair enough because I did the same thing. I was pronouncing it however I pronounced it in my head, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's what you kind of have to do if you don't know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, He says that... I always liked it as an insult. It's something Glenda Jackson would use, isn't it? You homunculus. But it's been coming, uh, consuming me for this past year, and I'm thrilled. It's like I haven't been this excited before because it's coming right out of my bowels. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that's his quote. 
I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's all we know about it. Um, it's going to be autobiographical, which Hedwig was as well. Um, and it's going to be about his um, coming out of his bowels, you know? No, seriously, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's Bowel Movement, the musical. Bowel Movement. The TV show. The TV show. It takes a whole season. It takes so just a whole, whole season happen. for him to pass that food. I don't know what's happening. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Sorry, guys. <laughs> for you guys that are listening, I'm, this must be painful. Um, and then next, Hugh Jackman shares I'm some new details about this musical for, drama, The Greatest Showman. I'm excited for anything Hugh Jackman does. Seriously, I saw I saw actually a, a charity show where he did a bunch of like show tune numbers, and he is just phenomenal like he is a non-stop like and he does theater machine and he does everything yeah like he does theater film wolverine he'd be in television if like someone asked him to i'm sure and all the while he'd be working out like 18 hours a day somehow right Right. he just won't sleep it's true (laughs) um he said that uh, up until La La Land, everyone was saying there hasn't been an original musical in 23 years. So the prevailing thought in Hollywood was unless you have a brand, people know it's not a done thing. So it's just took a long time to get this musical started. I don't like calling La La Land a musical. I'm just saying that right I now. I still haven't seen it. I don't know. Um, the music is being composed by the by La La Land, which I liked the instrumental part of La La Land. I just didn't like the singing. Um, and Dear Evan Hansen duo... Benji Pasek and Justin Paul. Here, uh, Jackman revealed that the tunes will have a current pop sound to them. We are clear from the beginning that this would feel like a period, would not feel like a period movie or a historical piece. Um, The actor said, he said, what would Barnum do now? Uh, I have almost a 12-year-old daughter. I want the movie to be as exciting for her to listen to as Katy Perry's new song. Oh, I think that's cute. And I definitely think that's something Hugh Jackman can do. And it's something that theater goers can watch but also people that are not fans of theater can go see and like still be behind yeah you know because it's not your traditional sounding musical because i know that that's a thing especially with film that a lot of people don't want to go see certain films that are made for musicals because they just don't like that musical sound right um it let me see there was one other piece in here i just have to find in this article he said, I said, if um, you're going to call it The Greatest Showman, you should play to your strengths and we should make it a musical. Uh, that ridiculous remark cost me seven years of my life. That's great, <laughs> Because, though. I mean, that's how long I mean, sometimes it takes to make a film. Yeah, but that's great. It's People love Hugh Jackman. I think people would go out and see Hugh Jackman. He's a... Well, like, yeah, and... He's a great box office draw. He's a great actor. It's not even that much about... <laughs> like we still have no concept of what this film is completely about. Oh, I'll see it. But we'll still see it. I don't know it. what it is, but it's I'll Hugh see it. Jackman yeah. singing. There's done. Be, done. 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 I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I just want him to get an Oscar, and I don't think this may be the film that he'll get that for, but I want him to have an Oscar because I think he deserves one. He does deserve one. I think he's a very underrated actor. People he just is. look at him as an action star, and he's much, much more than that. Oh no. He's a phenomenal actor. Here's some little piece of news for people that I was very, what, when I read it? King Kong, the musical, will be coming to Broadway in 2018. Here's the thing about that. If they don't do, like, a kind of, if the tone isn't, like, into the woods, where it's kind of, like, dark comedy, then I don't know what you're doing. Does that make sense? Because 
Yeah. I, I just feel like it should have that kind of tone. I mean, it's a very Beauty and the Beast-esque type story I in know, some but ways. Like, for me, it's hard to take... If you're trying to, if you're going to try and do this as like a serious ass musical, I don't see how that's going to pass. Like it would, it would have to be something like Into the Woods where it's like dark, there's comedy. My biggest thing that I just want to know is like how they're going to do the monkey. Like, is it going to be a projector? Like, are they going to have like a big arm that comes down? I would love that. I that's just, what I that's would love. That's like what's intriguing me the most. It's yeah. not that they can't make a great musical from King Kong. It's not that there won't be, like, amazing costumes and songs. It's how are we going to make this giant monkey on stage and not make it be too comical? Have you ever been on the... There was a King Kong ride. I don't even know if it's still there at Universal. When I went, it was um, 3D. Oh, it was 3D? Okay, because I went... Skull Island. It was the new one. Oh, okay. Because I went as a kid. This shows how long I... I, I think oh I do remember this kind of I went when I was ten and I kind of but it, it was like a what giant yeah it was just like a giant like kind I had of forgotten like about this completely but now I'm figure-y kind of like Muppety thing and that's yeah. how I imagine it just like they're gonna have some sort I mean you're of like, gonna have to make it larger than life yeah because it's King Kong right and and now like the technology has gotten better and better and better to be able to do those sorts of things yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of projection used in some way or not. Right. Um, but it, it does say that um, Peter England is going to do costume design. Uh, sorry, scenic design, costume design with Roger Kirk, light design by Peter Mumford, and sound design by Peter Helinski. Um, they just went Peter, 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 get over here, <laughs> get over here, and Roger. Peter, 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 Peter and Roger. Roger. <laughs> um, so they already have. All the people in that are going to like kind of create the behind the scenes. There's no like cast yet or anything, but they already have the um, the preview and opening on sale dates will be announced in the coming months. So they already know. I'm sure wow. who they're already either thinking or they already know some of the cast, but they're just not releasing that yet. The only thing is with this technology, it's like you. We ran into the problem of Spider-Man where it was like so tech, so yeah, much technology. Yeah, you did too much. Yeah, and so you, you and it took too long to get open, and then by the time it opened, it was open for what like a month and right. then closed. Yeah. So part of me wonders, like, is this going to be another Spider-Man? Or yeah. is this are they be trying to do too much? Right. Can we realistically do this without breaking the bank? Yes. Because I, I think like you could have some really great songs in that kind of a storyline. I, do, I think so, too. And the costuming, because it's set in the 20s and stuff, it's right. always going to be gorgeous. Yeah. It's just, it, The biggest thing is the monkey. Like, Because if you don't do the monkey right, it's going to come across yeah. as like too comical, and then it's not going to be taken seriously, and this film slash movie story needs to be taken seriously. So well, I don't see, know. That's why I think like it, when you have snags in technology like that, the best thing is to rely on some humor. So I think that it would be good if they injected some humor for them so they don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, we're breaking the bank to try and like make this like a realistic monkey love story. <laughs> they don't have Disney money, guys. They don't have Disney money. Speaking of Disney. Mm, speaking of Disney money. ABC is going to do a live musical version of Disney's The Little Mermaid on October 3rd. I'm like, here's the thing. <laughs> I could be really excited about it because I saw the I saw the Little Mermaid they did at the Hollywood Bowl mm-hmm. and they had a lot of like original cast members. They had uh, the one I saw had the original Ariel. I know Sarah Barry Barellis Barry Ellis Barellis. 
I don't know how However to pronounce you say her name. It. Yeah, but she uh, she played the Little Mermaid for most of the days. The day I saw it was Jodie Benson, the original Little Mermaid, and then they had a lot of like all star cast. They had Norm Lewis as Triton. Um, Jackie, she just feels okay about Norm Lewis. For I those just, of you that maybe you're just tuning in, she's just he's just you know he's just okay to her. She just, <laughs> It's not like I'm waiting outside of his bedroom or anything. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm hoping that they do really good casting for this because if they don't, it's just going to be annoying to me. Yeah. And I want to see... I Come on. I want to see Norm Lewis as King Triton in this. That's the kind of thing I want to see. I want to see... I want to see a good mix of, like, celebrities who can sing and, like, Broadway stars. Well, they said it's going to be a blend of elements from Disney's animated musical with live performances. Um, celebrity artists are expected to be a part of the cast performing Alan Minkin and Howard Ashman's songs. Um, there's not much more about it yet. But Disney does have the money to... ABC, which is Disney, same thing. Same, yeah, they uh, own ABC. Um, if you didn't know that, Once Upon a Time would not exist on ABC if Disney didn't own it. Right. So they do have the money to make this really good, so I'm just hoping that that's what happens. They use their money to make it really good. It's funny because um, Titus Burgess was Sebastian, and he he's, was fabulous, and he was in, uh, or he is in, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as Titus. He's so good. <laughs> Go take the name in there. Um, it'd be great to get him in to play I Sebastian since he was on the theater show, and, and it's, it's he crosses both worlds. He's theater, but he's also everyone knows him from Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, so. and his voice is amazing. Yeah, he has a great voice. If you haven't seen um, the seasons of Breaking Kimmy Schmidt, I just binged like four episodes this morning, and they do a great parody Lemonade, like yes. three different songs from it. Yes. So uh, where you can see his voice being utilized. Yeah, in a very his hum- voice. Like that's a great way. That's a great example of how great his voice is, and he was he was wonderful live as well. Um, yeah, but there's not much more about it. I'm surprised that they're releasing it, saying that it's October 3rd. Like that seems right. It so seems close. rather soon. It's like but- ABC's just jumping on this live train. Right. These live musical trains. Like, I mean, they're again, like, we're going to do it a little like, differently, but we're going to jump right on in it. I'm sure they've been building it up in development, but at the same time, it's like they do have the money to fast track that sort of thing anyway. And so. they can do all the Disney musicals that no one else can do. So. Oh. Yep. It's going to be interesting. I'll, once they give out the cast, I'll see what I think. <laughs> I feel like I can't do anything with this until I know what the cast is going to be. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That's how I. That's how I feel. If they start casting Ariana Grande in every role, I'm just going to be mad. And Ariana Grande is the Little Mermaid, as well as Ursula, as well as King Triton, <laughs> and Eric, and, and the dog. She's not Sebastian, though. She's not Sebastian. Okay. They brought in Martin Short for that. <laughs> um, the last bit of news isn't really news. News. It's just Will and Grace um, put out a little kind of teaser thing for the oh new gosh. season that's coming up and they parodied um, Sunset Boulevard's song in it so I wanted to play it because one I just love Will and Grace and I can um, but also I thought it was a great parody of it I was also hoping it, hoping that like they would do a whole bunch of songs in the new show but we'll I see. think it's also funny because you'll see in this thing that Karen does the Karen voice in it which I, she's sung in the show before without the Karen voice so it was, it was interesting to see that she chose to do that yeah. I'm scared Tightly wound queen. 
I just yes, love this. World to I'm so happy this show is coming back. <laughs> In our sitcom-sized apartment. What a way to bring it back to. It's a show we need now. Yeah. Anonymous liaisons. It's if possible, like some of them, most of them kind of look better than they did, which yeah. is like ridiculous. Still need that thrill and one blue pill, cause now I'm in my. 40s. Don't they all sing like professionally except yeah. for Will? They've all been on Broadway before, except for Even, Eric including. Yeah, I don't know if Eric McCormick has been, but he he sings. Yeah. Not, um. But yeah, like I said, Karen sing she's singing in the Karen voice, but Megan Mullally obviously has been on Broadway and can sing better than that. And then uh, in the show, Grace is usually portrayed as like a terrible singer. Right. So it's kind of nice to see them let her just sing. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, I'm just hoping that they do some little Broadway numbers in their show, too. Because like we said, they're all Broadway people except for the guy who plays Will. Not gonna lie, this kind of makes me want to have a Sunset Boulevard revival. Just saying. <laughs> Aren't they doing Sunset Boulevard right now? They are with Glenn Close on Broadway. I'm pretty sure they are. Sorry, guys. Let me look that up. I did <laughs> not know that. Um, it just makes me. So and they film. Uh, they filmed that on the Radio City Music Hall stage. Nice. So, I just it, it it's bringing back the same feeling. I mean, the show's always done Broadway. Like they've sung little bits of Broadway songs or made references, so it's it's great to see them come back in that way and just be like, "This is who we are. We're still the same. We're not changing because the world has changed. We're just doing what we do." Yeah, I mean that's the best way to do a revival, though. Like yeah, because you... if you don't, then it's terrible. Yeah, because that's what you're tuning in. But everyone that watched it back then is going to be like, "It's going to be like Girl Meets World," and all just going to hate it. <laughs> sorry, hashtag not sorry. <laughs> Um, so that's it for our news for the day. Do you have anything that you know that you want to say? No, but next week is next to normal. Oh, and if you like RuPaul's Drag Race, I do that after show in two hours. Yes, and I'm very excited for next to normal. It's one of my top three favorite musicals of all time. So we're going to have a lot to talk about in that one. Um, as always, you guys can find me at bfips14 on Twitter and Instagram, bfips1214 on Snapchat. And where can they find you one last time, Jackie? 123JackieV on all platforms. And we'll see you guys next week for next to normal. Have a good week, guys. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 